It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, your home for all things Team Teal. My name is J.D. Young, one half of the content boys. Uh, Kyle is playing soccer tonight, so good for him getting that exercise. So we are going to preview the Seattle Kraken, but we want to kind of get more of an in-depth look of what the Kraken are and kind of how their season has been so far and if it's kind of been up to expectations. So we have uh, Marissa and Jemmy of the Seattle uh, Times to talk about uh, the Kraken at whole, and then we'll also talk about tonight's game, a game that's kind of important for the Sharks, especially if they want to continue their push to the playoffs, especially with a tough, tough schedule coming up. So uh, we will have be previewing the Kraken here in a second. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we are joined by Marissa. Marissa, what's cracking? <laughs> I love when other people say that because then I don't feel crazy that I say that all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's it still hasn't lost its luster of how many cracking jokes can I get in there? As, as I think it's hilarious. I don't think it, it'll ever get old. No. Yeah, I mean, there's some things like uh, for the sharks, you know, like uh, other fan bases are like you guys skate out of a dumb shark head. I mean, certain other expansion teams have gone on and copied that. I'm really glad that Seattle didn't do that. But I mean, you know, every team. Well, has no, they have a whole thing now where a tentacle comes out of the ice, so it's not the same, but. Uh, whatever. thing now. I don't know. Whatever. I'm the like Vegas could do whatever they want with their pregame production, and I'm just gonna be like, I don't care. Don't impress. But the whole Vegas thing and Vegas and Sharks thing is a it's a it's already a very long and history fringe. But we're not here to talk about Vegas. Uh, we we've we've spent way too much time hating Vegas. But we want to kind of talk about the the Kraken today and like what their team is about. You know, it's it's. You know, having an expansion team that coming in has actually felt like an expansion team has kind of gone through those growing pains. So, I mean, with with the crack, what do you think has been the biggest kind of thing with them this year? You know, like as a as an expansion team in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's been a little disappointing so far. It's lost nine in a row. They had a six game losing streak earlier in the year. Goaltending hasn't been what they expected it to be. Philip Grubauer, who was a Vesna finalist last year, has been in 
the bottom of almost every goaltending category this year. He played pretty well um, their most recent game against Chicago. Maybe he's coming out of a bit. Chris Drieger played pretty well before he went to COVID protocol as well. So that's been a big issue for them. Um, their offense as well, when they have gotten a goaltending, it seems like the scoring hasn't been there. Brandon Tanev's out for the year. Schwartz has been hurt, and he leads the team in assists. Morgan Geeky's been out, and he's a guy they really expected some offense from. So kind of some bad luck there as well. But also it's just it's an expansion team. They're still mm-hmm. figuring out what they have. Um, they, they've looked pretty better lately. Um, even the loss against St. Louis last week, they played pretty well. They look good against Chicago. They weren't terrible against the Kings either. So um, maybe they can kind of come out of this a little bit. Um, they're obviously pretty far out of a playoff spot at this point. So I think the focus for them is just kind of to establish an identity a little bit. Yeah, and it seemed like that identity, at least with the the way they kind of went to the expansion draft and the, the, the way they were trying to build the team was sick defense, good goaltending, and we're going to scratch out enough offense. And, I mean, the Sharks have been kind of very similar game plan as well, but, I mean, they've gotten a little bit more offense, but the goaltending seems to be the biggest issue with the Kraken, right? Yeah, and, I mean, the defense has some growing pains too, but for the most part it's been pretty good. Um, they've had a bunch of guys in and out of the lineup with COVID protocol. It seemed like when Omicron kind of hit the whole NHL, it was really the cracking defense between Alexiak, Giordano, Susie, Larson. Like they all went out at some point done more mm. recently. Um, so they've been kind of putting it together a little bit. Um, Will Borgen all of a sudden is a presence on defense. He didn't play the first 21 games of the season. Hayden Fleury hasn't played seven games in a row now. Um, so they've been kind of just getting that together a little bit. But I think for the most part, the defense has been pretty good. Um, it, it's been kind of a, a matter of every single time they do make a mistake, it's burnt them. Like they don't have much margin forever because when they do make a mistake, Grubauer hasn't been making the save and they don't have the offense to bounce back from it. So it's kind of just been a mix of things. Yeah, I mean, for Sharks fans, it feels very similar to last year where, you know, the defense was terrible. And then if, they made a mistake. Martin Jones wasn't bailing them out. And, you know, it's it's crazy what happens when you have competent to, you know, average goaltending where, like, that can just make all the difference in the world. Do you think with Grubauer, is it a where, you know, just he's not being surrounded by the, the sweet talent that he had at, at Colorado? Or is it, you know, a little bit of just kind of a new situation or just the growing pains in front of him? What do you think it is? Well, historically... When he's gotten into a starter's role, whether it was Washington or Colorado, it's always taken him a little bit of time to get going. This seems like mm. a case where it was similar, but they were really relying on him. Um, they, If you look at like their salary cap, they haven't spent a ton of money. They put it into goaltending. They believe get above league average goaltending and the rest will kind of work out. Instead, Grubauer has been well below league average. If they had league average goaltending, they're probably still not a playoff team, but it's a different conversation we're having at the same time. Um I don't think that this is going to be Grubauer over the course of his contract. I think he's going to rebound. He's a good goalie. Um, it, it's a weird time in hockey right now between COVID and expansion team, playing for a new team, getting everything together. It just kind of seems like one of those things where he wasn't playing well and it's just taken a long time to get going. Um, I really think the defense in front of him has been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's been a case of poorly timed goals. When the defense has had its breakdowns, it's been at bad times. But for the most part, a lot of the goals given up by Grubauer, you look at all the metrics and whatever, um, it, it hasn't been good. Like, there's no way to sugarcoat that. Like, you're not last in the league for, like, by accident. Yeah. Um, it hasn't gone well. But I do think that he he's a good goalie, and at the end of the day, it's going to be fine. It's just a little too late this season. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, Grubauer seems to have had the Sharks numbers. I think uh, I was looking up some stats today. In 13 games against the Sharks throughout his career, he has five shutouts. I mean, majority of those came with, with the Avalanche, but like just sometimes those guys just have certain teams' numbers. And that's the one thing that kind of does worry about me tonight's game, whereas like the Sharks could out, like we've seen them play really well against like Pittsburgh and the Rangers and like outplayed both those teams, but then like they just get goalied. Um, you know, Timo Meyer scoring five goals kind of saved the day against uh, the Kings. But, you know, that's that's what worries me about Grubauer is just he seems to have the Sharks number. Um, and I'm petrified that he's just going to be like stand on his head and have like 50 saves tonight. Well, he's kind of been pulling out of it a little bit too. The game against Chicago, that's the sharpest he's looked all year, I feel like. Um, like he made the big save when they needed it. Um, he was good in a shootout, and that's somewhere the Kraken had never won a shootout before, and a lot of that's been on their scoring. But he got the two goals in a shootout, and Grubauer did what he had to do. He stopped Taze and Kane. Um, and he played really well in that game. It's the most locked in I've seen him all year. So I feel like um, if you can get some consistency, that's something that's burned Rieger a little bit. He had two really good games against Buffalo and Florida back in late November, and then he got hurt. And then he played two pretty good games between L.A. and St. Louis, and then he went into COVID protocol. So oh. he's had no luck. So. Now Grubauer finding maybe he's getting into a rhythm. Maybe he can kind of uh, start to play a little bit better here, but uh, they need to get it consistently and hope that he, he can just kind of keep going for a while. Yeah, um, we'll talk about the the defense and the forwards here in just a second. But first, we need to talk to you guys about our friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Betonline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and a new mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So yeah, the the Kraken's offense has definitely been uh, a bit of a struggle. I think uh, they are pretty much last, right, or below the bottom for like goals for. Um, where are they at? Um, I think right now, or they're tenth. But I mean, that's some game teams have games have played. But then you know their goals allowed. I think they're second in the league with goals allowed. So that just that big disparity in offense. Is it because they're often? I mean, we we talked about. I mean, we thought at least with their expansion draft where. You know, it didn't seem like they were going to have a ton of offense. And is it also that compounded with just guys not being there that they were counting on? Has that kind of been the big issue with their offense? Yeah, I don't think they expected like an offensive juggernaut or anything yeah. like that. Um, I think they were hoping for a bunch of career years from guys. And like certainly they've gotten that out of Jared McCann. He's been a real positive. Um, but then other things like Colin Blackwell, who they really expected to have a big performance. He was out for the start of the year. And then he had a pretty severe case of COVID as well and is coming back. 
Um, Ryan Donato, who's come in, I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, so they have some oh, guys. Ryan with, Donato. <laughs> he's done. He scored uh, the shootout winner and another he, goal the other day against between the, him and Donskoy. They they have some of the filthiest hands you will see in the shootout, where it's just every well, time. Well, yeah, those are the a, two guys who won it in the shootout. But the problem yeah. with Donskoy is he doesn't have a regular goal all year, and that's something nope. where you're like, that's a guy they really expected to contribute and he is offensively he's tied for the team lead and assists you look at him play he's playing pretty well he's had a few shots hit some posts he's had some bad luck but uh like he hasn't been bad or anything but you can't get zero goals out of him and then Schwartz being out Tanev being out that's hurt them I think they expected a little bit more out of Geeky and a few other guys as well uh Wenberg hasn't really been overly productive um Yanni Gord has been good but it's been a bit of a struggle finding some consistency between line mates and all of that so I don't think it's overly surprising they haven't scored that much. But at the same time, building for the future, I mean, Maddie Beneers is going to come in at some point. Whatever high draft pick they get this year is going to come in at some point. They have to build organizationally. They don't have the depth to sustain. Losing a guy like Tanev, he's a bottom six forward, even if he's playing really well, pretty well. They, they really just don't have the depth to make up for that. And that's yeah. burnt them a lot. And again, I don't think it's overly a surprise. A lot of people expected their offense to struggle. Um and again, there have been some positives like McCann. That's a guy they can build around. Donato, maybe there's a future. Maybe he finally found a sticking point somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Kraken aren't a team that's going to go up and score four plus goals every night. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, and it seems too like they're they're not a team that's like a high volume shooting team. I think you know they're they're pretty low in the actual like shot attempts, and but they do a good job mm-hmm. keeping other teams. Uh, from shooting as well, especially so this might tonight's matchup might be one of those matchups where it's like, you know, 25 shots each just because the it's shark... a fancy way of saying they're kind of boring. <laughs> yes, they're both boring teams. That's fine. Hey, I mean, you never know what Timo. He might he might do something insane. So um, but at least like their their power the Kraken's power play is not too shabby, at least compared to like the Sharks. I think they're they're 19th in the league right now at 18.6. What's making their their power play click at least click comparably to the sharks well early in the year the power play was really bad they couldn't figure anything out and then a few things have clicked more recently uh, marcus johansson's been a real spark plug on a power play they finally got a net front presence they've really struggled to develop net front presence all year they were the last team in the league to score a goal that was deflected in by one of their own players so they really weren't generating that donato's done a good job there but specifically johansson's really created a spark mccann as well the way he, they load him up on the power play, he's really generated a lot there. So they have some guys. And the thing about the Kraken, too, their offense has does a lot better when they have a chance to set up in their own zone. Their transition offense struggles a little bit. They jump mm. and chase. They don't really, they're not really able to generate much when they get beyond their own blue line in their own transition game. So their power play is where their offense, their offensive system shines at its most because they actually get a chance to set up a lot more. So I, I think recently the power play has actually been pretty good um like i said i think johansson once he came back from his covid protocol specifically um he's been really fantastic there and i think it, it's really generated a lot yeah and in contrast the sharks power play i mean with the exception of their timo's two goals on monday has been abysmal uh shang peng who you know i think he put out a stat where from december 11th through what was that the the december january 15th or 16th the sharks had given up three shorthanded goals and scored two power play goals at that time. It, it, the power plays has been a real struggle for the Sharks. And I mean, so much so that they've gone back to the Carlson Burns uh, power play. And I mean, it looked better against the Kings, but I'm still a little worrisome. Um, again, where I mean, 
they were playing the Kings and the Kings power play penalty kills been really bad. So I'm still a little apprehensive if they're the power play can get anything done against the Kraken just because it's been so bad for like a month straight now. So um, what, so kind of big thoughts. I mean, you know, we, a lot of people expected the crack or there was a lot of people, I'll be fair, expected the Kraken to make the playoffs and, you know, they just haven't lived up to those expectations. I don't know if they were like now, you know, Vegas at the bar so high, but it seems like they're they're going to try to build this thing the right way. Do you do you think this team can maybe compete in a couple of years when they, they start to add some more pieces? You know, Matt Matty Beniers, who I really liked. Um, I think you know I had him a, as my favorite prospect going into the draft until the very end, and where I put Eklund ahead. But like I really liked Matty Beniers, you know. And then they add you know a guy maybe like a, a Logan Cooley, or if they maybe they get the Shane Wright pick or something like that. Do you think that they can be able to compete uh, here in a couple of years? Yeah, this offseason will be interesting for them because they have a ton of cap space. They always talk about yeah. weaponizing that cap space. Um, they're going to lose some guys too, like whether it be the trade deadline or in free agency, Mark Giordano, Kelly Yarncroke, Marcus Johansson. They're all UFAs. They could either trade at the deadline or losing free agency. I, I don't know if any of those guys would be here long term. Um, but then they have some choices to make, like McCann's going to be a restricted free agent. So is Donato. They're going to want to pay those guys, specifically McCann, to keep them around. They have a choice to make on Hayden Flurry. He hasn't played very much. Are they going to give him a chance? Like, what's the deal there? Um, so they have some decisions to make. And then whether it be free agency, whether it be trades, they have an opportunity to build almost unlike any other team. They have more cap space than anyone. I know mm -hmm. they want to save some of that for next offseason when some real stars are free agents and they have an opportunity to spend. Um, between Veneers coming in, whatever draft pick they get, McCann, if he keeps elevating his game, if Donato really clicks here, um, they have an opportunity if they want to go out and spend, if they want to go out and build a competitor. And I think they're really motivated to do that early on and keep this fan base engaged. I, I think that it would be in their best interest and they probably will go out and make some moves in the off season. How has the Seattle fan base been, you know, I mean, cause you know, I mean, there has been history of, you know, of Seattle being supportive of hockey teams, but how have they kind of embraced, you know, the Kraken in Seattle? Yeah, it's been really cool. People have been really into it. Uh, people are still learning the game a little bit, but now midway through the year, you see a lot of people really invested. You see people who care about the team, who are frustrated by the losses, but at the same time are just really happy that a team is here and that they get to watch NHL hockey every night. So um, the atmospheric climate pledge is really good as having been to every arena in the league now. Climate pledge is up there with one of the better ones in the league as far as just atmosphere and fan base and excitement. So um, it's been really cool to see Seattle develop into a hockey town in real time. Yeah. I mean, that arena looks pretty sweet. Cause it's like, it's underground, isn't it? Like you're, you kind of walk in and you're like, you know, most arenas you're, you like have to kind of climb the stairs and stuff, but like you walk in and you're at the top of the arena from the street level and it's like underground, isn't it? Yeah. You walk in the upper concourse. I've never seen an arena like that. So it's pretty cool. It's, um, it's definitely unique. That's awesome. I know my we're my wife and I are trying to my wife and I and Kyle are trying to figure out because the last game of the regular season is uh, is San Jose at at Seattle. So we're trying to figure out if we can make it a a, a trip. But yeah, it's on my to do list of of trying to make it up there. So Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, let's get into tonight's game. So, 
you know, Sharks are coming off a couple days rest. I mean, I think the Kraken also haven't played since Monday. What do you expect for this team? Or what do you expect for this game tonight, especially for two teams who are kind of low event hockey? <laughs> yeah, it's the first game of a back-to-back for the Kraken, three games in four days in the middle of a long homestand. Um, they're coming off a win that doesn't happen every day. So um, last time they um, won a rogue game, and after a long losing streak, they kind of went on a little bit of a run. So um, they seem like a team that um, really motivated by just kind of that kind of that positive energy. Like um, the frustration you could see was getting to them. McCann said enough is enough during the road trip. Um, they were kind of at a loss for answers at one point there too, but they're mostly healthy. They're only guys in COVID protocol right now are Drieger and one of their minor league goalies, Antoine Bibeau. So they, um, you would think that is kind of an opportunity for them to get on a roll at home a little bit before they have an extended East coast trip. And then the all-star break is found into February schedule um, yesterday. So um, they have a lot of home games coming up. They have an opportunity to win some games. I would fully expect a Kraken to come out kind of, playing um playing hot that's what happened last time they broke their losing streak against washington and they came out and played one of their best games i've ever seen them play against carolina and that's a really good team so i expect a kraken to come out and play pretty well i expect grubauer to uh maybe kind of build off of that game he's been looking for a game like that all year that he can really just develop from um so maybe the kraken kind of can start something here who do you think is the the player or actually before we get to uh, Morgan Geeky I saw he was practicing what he's wearing a no contact uh, jersey you think he'll be available for the game tonight yeah not sure Hackstall didn't tell us much um, usually when they have a guy on a line in practice that indicates they intend for them to play that's kind mm-hmm. of been the way it's gone but they don't really they're not always overly open about timelines we've yeah. had them tell us Colin Blackwell was day-to-day for four weeks in a row so <laughs> The, uh, um, the, they come from the uh, Sharks teal curtain where you just, you're like, oh, yeah, he was fine. Oh, yeah. Joe Thornton day to day comes out. He has a pick line and we don't see him for a month. Like it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that he practiced on a line. I would expect him to be back probably at some point in this three and four stretch. I don't know if he will be in this game specifically, especially because they'd have to make another move. They just got Carson Pullman and they put Geeky on IR to make room. They'd probably send Alexander True back to uh, Taxi Squad or oh, AHL is to make room at some point, I would expect. Um, but I don't know if Kiki would be available because they wouldn't tell us. I did enjoy last time where they ran out the all sharks line of uh true Donskoy and Donato. Um, Alex True, friend of the show. But uh so who's gonna be the 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 player to watch for the Kraken tonight? For me in general, like watching Jared McCann really blossom this year has been really fun because he's a guy who could see his career trends every year getting better and he really just needed a chance and he's he sees the opportunity. He's one of the uh, the guys here that I would say is making the most of his opportunity in Seattle. And it's been genuinely fun to see his offense develop, his confidence really just start to grow from preseason till now. Um, he's been really good on the power play. He's been very consistent, kind of everything they've thrown at him between moving him from center to wing, back to wing, back to center. Um, so he's kind of the guy that every night I look forward to watching. All right. Two things before we get you out of here. Uh, one, uh, I have to get on you a little bit about a month ago, you had an article like with your predictions and you predicted that the sharks fans would be really sad with the haul that they get from Tomas hurdle. Why are you trying to hurt us personally? <laughs> um, cause I hate every NHL fan base. <laughs> okay. That's good. At least, it, at least it's hated equally. Day. So, 
but no, we love Tomas Hurdle. Uh, I you could ask me every any hour to hour, day to day, you could ask me if they should trade him or not, and I could give you a different answer because I can't decide because uh, it's gonna be brutal if they have to trade him. And at number two, the Kraken. This probably should have been the top thing we talked about. The Kraken got a dog, Davy Jones. How awesome! Like uh, the Sharks had Finn. I got to meet Finn. Uh, pre-covid those times when you could actually go out and, and talk to people and meet people but how how cool was it meeting davy jones davy jones is my favorite person i've ever met in the world <laughs> he's incredible <laughs> he's wonderful uh the most fun i have had at the rink and i love going to the rink so um it was great it was really exciting and um he's going to be around a lot for a while and i think that's awesome so yeah he's not going to be like because most of them go to, you know to be like like kind of the helper dog he's gonna be a therapy dog right yeah, so he's training to be, or he's about to start training. He's only four months old, so they're a little bit away. But mm-hmm. um, he's going to be a therapy dog, and he was adopted by um, one of the people who work on the app development team for the Kraken. So he's around all the time, and the players and Hackstall already love him. Well, that's awesome. Marissa, you've came and you've done it all. Where can the people find you, and what are you up to? Uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Marissa underscore and Jemmy, and um, read the Seattle Times. I have Kraken stuff pretty much every day. Awesome. Marissa, thank you. Yeah, um, of course. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Locked on Sharks. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with a recap of the Kraken game. I'm going to say the Sharks win 4-2. to two. That's my official prediction. And give me give me a Logan Couture goal. I don't know why. I just feel like Couture's overdue. Actually, and a Noah Gregor. I'm going to keep saying Noah Gregor scores until he actually does. But um, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube in our March to 1,000 subscribers. We are slowly getting there. And Kyle and I both want to be paid more money for our work. So please subscribe there. You can listen to us wherever you get podcasts, wherever you listen to us right now. Continue to do so. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole and we will be back tomorrow. Thank you for making us your first listen. Go check out locked on bets. Go make some money. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.